0: Previously on the Loyal Littles podcast.
1: Kind of funny from James Cunningham. He actually apologized later for it because he was like, I'm so sorry I was triggered, but that's okay. We're gonna he did say it's okay if we read it. My favorite part of course is it says Chuck and Rocky.
0: <laughs> that's not my name.
1: Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast, and please welcome back to the show, Joe. Hey, Joe, how's it going?
2: Hey, everybody, uh, it's going rather well. How are you?
1: We're doing great, and obviously, we also have. Uh, what's your name?
0: It's Roxy.
1: Oh, it's Roxy. Is that? But what- some
0: people want to call me Rocky now, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all a piece of. little snippet that my mom always used to say, and that is, you can call me whatever you want, just don't call me late for dinner.
1: I kind of like the Rocky. It's, you know, it's like Rocky, Rocky. Anyway, Loyal Littles, welcome to Babe Ruth Day, Devil Dog Day, Prime Rib Day, and Tell a Story Day. So we're excited about that. We're going to do that in the last segment. And unfortunately, guys, we missed Pretzel Day. That was yesterday.
0: Oh, no. As
1: Office fans, we know that's a big day.
0: Stanley... (laughs) Loves Pretzel Day.
1: (laughs) Everybody loves Pretzel Day. Everyone loves Pretzel Day. Uh, Anyway, but speaking of Babe Ruth Day, Joe, it's been a while. Now, I believe the last time we had you on was we were in spring training games.
2: Yeah, that's right. And
1: for the littles that don't remember, Joe, full disclosure, Joe is also a diehard Red Sox fan, which is why I think we get along so well. True. And uh, so how's it going, Joe? I mean, got to be honest, I didn't think we'd win this many games all year. No, I know.
2: I gotta keep all my fingers and toes crossed, because even when you said Babe Ruth Day, I cringed a little bit because I do think that we <laughs> are possibly living in the second cursed period of Red Sox fandom, which is oh, the movie no. bet trade era. Yeah. So I thought we'd be cursed forever, but it looks like at least we're treading water. First in the AL, baby. Yeah, I mean, who wow. thought? As our good friend Chuck says, a
1: lot of baseball left. <laughs> yep. And um, but yeah, I, shocked, absolutely shocked, and Stunned. even. It actually made me more upset about the opening, losing three in a row to the Orioles, which I know a lot of our listeners enjoyed immensely, I should say, because then we just started coming back and winning all these games. I was like, oh, these three opening week games are going to totally bite us in the in the you-know-what at the end you of know, the season. Watch. It's going to be like, oh, yeah. So I don't even know how to explain it. I don't even know some of the guys. Most importantly, though, you know, our other least favorite team is kind of at the bottom of the cellar. What's going on with them? I mean, we're...
2: yeah. I mean, we're should not. we even, I think we should avoid that topic because I don't want to reverse jinx them back. You know? Yeah, that's true. I don't sure. want to bring it back to life.
1: You know what made me feel good though, Joe? The other day, I, one of my other diehard Yankee fan, uh, softball acquaintances, I'll call him. I mean, he's a friend, I guess, but we're, we don't hang or anything. But he actually posted something like, yeah, baby, from worst to third, let's keep it going. And I was like, that gave me hope because he actually sounded like a Red Sox fan. I mean, that's something we would say. <laughs> yeah, and no all doubt. those years of suffering, and that is something we would say. And then literally the next day, they dropped back down to the last place in a tie because they were, of course, you know, they were like a half game ahead right. of the two teams below them, and then they lost. And, I mean, it's just – it's kind of, it kind of gives me hope when Yankee fans start acting like Red Sox fans. I guess you love
2: to is. see it. <laughs> it's one of the perks of living in New York as a Red Sox fan. When the Yankees yeah. are sucking and struggling, you really just you can just like it's like oh sitting in a warm bath. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, Joe, so we're doing this contest, the uh, it's a lookalike contest. Do you have any lookalikes by any chance that you know of?
2: Oh, that's interesting. Lookalikes? Um. Yes. Okay. Maybe you guys know this actor's name. It's Matthew Something. He was on uh, Downton Abbey.
0: You mean the character? That was the character's name. Yeah. Yeah. That's Dan a, Stevens. Dan I Steve, love him.
2: <laughs> people have said there's a little Dan Stevensy vibe from. Yeah, the... I
0: could see that.
2: Yeah. I, I could see that.
0: He right. also played the Beast in the the recent live action right. and the Beast*, and right. I didn't know he could sing. Well, sort of. <laughs> I didn't know he could do what he did in the movie, and I I thought he was great. Very very charming.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Good job, wow. man. Now, Joe, are you on? You're on, on the Twitter, right? I'm on the Twitter. All right. So you'll have to if, if you if you want, I would love for you to post a side by side picture so the littles can see this because that's what we're doing. We have this little contest going and we actually got a really fun one. And I this is to remind everyone we got one from Patrick Moffat, And I, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. I apologize, Sully. I apologize, Tatikay. Choquita beer guy. It's a Chokita beer. I think is how you say it and he so I, just a reminder that it doesn't have to be a living live person it can be he he looks i mean it's really funny uh, we'll try to retweet it it's he looks like the guy on the can
0: oh gosh. Is what it is. <laughs> that's and, awesome uh,
1: it's a really good one so yeah so that's in the running so littles don't forget to send us your look-alike pictures at gmail at gmail.com or you can just tweet it at us that's at loyal littles pod and we'll take a look at it we're collecting all these and we're gonna have i I don't know or do we have a cutoff roxy maybe we should say the end of the month
0: i was just gonna say yeah let's we should do maybe the end of the month and uh, yeah yeah, and we can uh pick a winner and pick out a prize
2: do you guys make merch yet do you make like uh koozies or anything not yet we're 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 looking
0: into into some things
2: hopefully gonna yeah we don't want to let we are looking into something we're
0: yeah, I don't want to
1: say it yet just in case and uh, we did get a tweet from Sully in Boston as far as doppelgangers go very underrated how I met your mother continuing plot device face matching tends to match me with Conan but real people tell me Seth Green well Sully mm. hello we need a side by side quote you know, it up that's there that's interesting
2: I forgot that the face match thing is a thing maybe I'll put my face on there and see if I get a, any better responses
1: Oh, okay. I forgot that they have that technology now. Now, speaking of How I Met Your Mother real quick, uh, we'll go into this later on, but big news. Hulu just picked it up for a straight-to-series order for How I Met Your Father. Now, it's created by This Is Us executive producers. It's obviously a spin-off, and. I'm not sure how I feel about this, because I was a
3: huge
1: How I Met Your Mother fan, especially in the beginning. The seasons one and two, some of the most brilliant writing I'd ever seen. Love the show. I got at least 10 to 15 other people hooked on it, and I just, it's one of these, again, I'm going, cross your fingers, cross your toes, as Joe said earlier, and just, please don't suck, please don't suck, please don't suck, because I'm going to probably, definitely want to watch this.
0: Oh, for sure. I... Chuck, you actually got me into How I Met Your Mother, too, and I'm about, I think I'm in the eighth season right now currently, Um, but I'm actually really excited about this because Hilary Duff is starring in it, and I love her. I used to, you know, I, I grew up a 90s, early 2000s kid, so Lizzie McGuire was my favorite show on Disney Channel, and I think she's super talented, and so I'm looking forward to see her play whatever role they're having her play.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. And Roxy, you, we actually got a email for you, right?
0: Yeah. From Chris Davenport. He says, first, I want to say I've been enjoying the podcast. It's been fun to meet the littles. That's awesome, Chris. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Then he says, Roxy, as a dancer and with taking those training courses, you should check into RPR, Reflex Performance Reset. It is amazing. I coach football and RPR is the number one thing we do to stay healthy and aid performance. And then he posted the link. So Chris, thank you. I'm definitely going to check that out. The more knowledge I can gain about how to keep myself healthy and keep others healthy, like that's what I'm looking to do. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Now, is ballet still a thing for football players? I think it should be. I mean, no, seriously, I remember there was some growing up, it wasn't for us because we didn't have a football team, but there was some Mm -hmm. coach and he- Took a lot of scrutiny for it, but his players later in life, I could have sworn they thanked him for it because it well, strengthened the them so is, much.
2: The big story in the 80s, 90s was when Lawrence Taylor started doing ballet. Oh,
1: because so that's He was where like he...
2: the biggest, baddest dude on the field. And yeah.
0: he,
2: he did it for flexibility and balance. And mm-hmm. he was like, You can make fun of me all you want. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: Ballet yeah. is super useful in so many aspects of life. And I've been taking ballet since I was five years old. And I really, I do, I think it's something that can really help athletes if they can get over their egos a little bit because it's actually, it can be incredibly masculine. You watch some of these male ballet dancers. It's incredible what they do. The strength and agility that it takes for them to do some of these moves is amazing. And for an athlete, like a football player, I feel like it could only help, Joe, you said with their balance. And I think it could help weight transfers. You're going to one side and then you have to fake someone out and go to the other side. You don't want to fall on your face. So I think it could be really helpful.
1: And last thing I want to bring up real quick, Joe, I'm interested to see if you even know anything about this. Michelle Pendleton, our great guest from one of our most recent episodes, tweeted at us, saw this, and thought of you. The Buy Nothing groups got a huge write-up in the Washington Post. So we were excited about that, kind of, because I I feel like I introduced this to a lot of people. And speaking about the D.C. area, guys, let's get out of here, because our guest today, I'm calling part of the dynamic duo. Now, that was what Batman and Robin were called, right? Correct. Correct. Well, I don't know which one's Batman, which one's Robin. We've had the one on already, and now we have the second half of what we're calling the dynamic duo. Little, stay tuned, because we'll be right back
4: with Meet the Littles. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network.
1: are being played in this episode by Kyla Carter, and this song is called Half Full, Half Empty. Now, this is her second song. It's debuted last Friday, so we're one of the first podcasts to play it on the air, and we are so excited. Kyla is 15 years old. Now, how about that, Littles? 15-year-old Kyla Carter. If you want to reach out to her, she is on Twitter, and that handle is at Kyla D. Carter. That's at k-y-l-a-d as in delightful carter c-a-r-t-e-r and if you like what you hear the best place to go find all her stuff and all the links that you need to find anything where you can buy her music it's at kylaCarterMusic.com. carter K y l a C a r t e r M u s i c that's k-y-l-a-c-a-r-t-e-r-m-u-s-i-c.com that's the best place to find all her stuff if you like what you hear Go pick some of that up. Like I said, 15-year-old Kyla Carter, amazing stuff. This is her second original song. We actually debuted the first one about two months ago. Happy to do it. Good luck to you, Kyla. And as always, we'll play the full song, half full, half empty, at the end of the podcast. Do you
3: want
1: All right, all you loyal Littles, welcome to Meet the Littles. And we have, all the way from D.C.,
4: please welcome to the show, Claude Jennings. Hey, Claude, how's it going? First of all, look, everything is fine and wonderful. I'm doing great. I hope you guys are doing good. And I cannot believe that I am on the Loyal Littles podcast. This is like a dream come true. (laughs) It's like an interview. I feel like I am watching Claude do this interview because this is such a huge honor for me. (laughs) I think it's so cool that the Littles have their own podcast (laughs) uh, because, I mean, you guys know this more than anybody, like the Loyal Littles are more than just some kind of like fan club. It's really a family. And so to be on this show and to be on the podcast and to be the Meet the Littles segment... (laughs) Is a huge honor for me. So thank you guys so much. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to having a lot of fun. And thank you guys for the invite.
0: Those are the sweetest words I think we've ever heard about the show.
1: And the check cleared, right?
4: (laughs) That we we sent you for saying (laughs) all? The check definitely cleared. And Actually, so I think we Venmoed always, you. So we're doing everything online. Did assure you guys before the show that I am wearing pants, mm-hmm. so there'll be no Jeffrey Tubin moments. Um, <laughs> with anything, I'm fully clothed from my head to toe. That's, so I mean, first of all, that's so sweet of
1: you to say, and I just do want to give another shout out to Kevin for coming on a bunch of episodes earlier. You've been both been so supportive of this. We're just really rookies compared to you, obviously. And we look kind of look up to you. I've heard a bunch of your podcasts. We learn from listening to other podcasts. And yours is one that we've learned a lot from. So mm-hmm. thank you. I'm fanboying here, you know, you're fanboy. I'm fanboying <laughs> here. You know, it's like this is great. I I'd like to throw a eat it Ryan in there. Cause (laughs) yeah, Ryan was great too. He came on a couple episodes ago. So Claude, we just normally do the same. We turn it over to you. We want to hear about you. Tell everyone, I know a lot of the loyal littles obviously know who you are already, but for those, the ones that don't, can you just uh, introduce yourself? Tell us a little something about yourself, where you're from, all that stuff.
4: Absolutely, and if I start to go long, just interrupt me. But you know, yeah, I'm Claude Jennings, born and raised in Washington D.C. in Northeast. For those who listen to, you know, you know, make a left at the traffic light, so I live like off the corner. If you're in Washington D.C. Uh, of North Capitol Street and Michigan Avenue, one street down from Michigan Avenue or North Capitol Street is Gerard Street, and that's where I was born and raised uh, in Northeast D.C. A, a media specialist, I guess you could say. I work for several different networks. In the D.C. uh, metropolitan area, Hubbard Radio is one where I do a lot of sports work for, uh, you know, Washington Wizards basketball, uh, GW basketball. We'll probably talk a little bit more on that later when Mr. Tony was at uh, Washington Post Radio. I was doing GW GW basketball games then uh, when uh, he was there and the whole Colonial Nation thing was kind of a joke. But um, so we did that. Uh, I worked there with Hubbard. Also WGTS 91.9. I'm there with that station now. I also started my own media company about six years ago, Line. On media, where we do media marketing solutions for businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, Also, for the last two years, have been the producer for the Washington Football Team radio network. So yeah, just a media guy. I am also a loyal little. Was a loyal little before working with the TK show, and I remain a loyal little. And now I'm on the Loyal Little podcast. (laughs) So life, life can't get better. Full circle. Now it's complete. Exactly.
1: (laughs) so this media, i mean is this something you knew you wanted to do when you were a kid like when did this all start did you go to school for this stuff oh man
4: so it's interesting i honestly throughout being growing up being a kid i wanted to be like an astronaut um <laughs> football player like a professional football player i also wanted to i wanted to fly fighter jets in the air force <gasps> believe it oh, wow. that is cool and, yeah, isn't it? Um, yeah. But then, you know what, honestly, Desert Storm happened. And then the reality of if you are a fire pilot, you're going to have to fight in war. Mm-hmm. I was like, I oh, don't know about <laughs> that. <And> so, <laughs> so I, so I, so I kind of put that on a, on hold. But one summer, it was it was the summer between going into my senior year in high school. So I was I went to Catholic schools here in, in DC, St. John's all the way up until high school. In high school, I went to Tacoma Academy, which is a private school, not Catholic, though, uh, seven day Adventist. I, What I believe and so anyway, uh, what I believe the school is and so Mm -hmm. going into my senior year of high school I was working a night job with my uncle now. Here's the thing. So I've had several people in my life My father died when I was 12 and I had several uh, Male father figures in my life who influenced me in one way or the other But this particular summer job was with my uncle Eddie my mother's youngest brother he had a trouble upbringing, I mean, got in trouble with the law, all kinds of stuff. And so the best career advice I got was from a guy who you never thought <sighs> would be able to offer you good mm-hmm. advice, right? Mm-hmm. And so as he's getting his life together, he gets this temp job cleaning up FedEx Field overnight. They were just building FedEx Field. So it was, it was 1998. In the summer, And so anyway, he's got this job. He's like, hey, I can get you a temp job this summer if you want to work with me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for some money. He says, well, um, what do we do? Well, at night, we clean up after the construction as they're building out FedEx Field. So I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, we're sweeping up trash and stuff. So we're taking a lunch break. We're sitting in the stands. They're getting the field ready for a preseason game against the Miami Dolphins. And we're sitting there eating lunch, taking a break. And talking about sports, because he played basketball, you know, he was great at that in football. And and I wanted to be an athlete, but I was always too small to play in, in high school. And so he was like, what do you want to do when, after senior year? And it was weird for me to get this question from an uncle who all his life was in the streets mm-hmm. yeah. uh, doing things that was not necessarily legal and things <laughs> like that. And I'm like, "Whoa, he's really making me think about it. And I said, well, I would have loved to have been in, in the league, you know, and he said, well, why don't you cover sports? Why don't you be a journalist? Why don't you go into media? And that was the moment I decided to do it. And I I thought that I wasn't good enough. I mean, again, I'm a poor black dude growing up in Northeast DC. I don't think that I can make it in this. And it was the the person who you will probably least expect to inspire me to do it, who once he said that, I don't know what it was about him saying it, something about him saying, well, why can't you? Of course you can just Mm. go for it. Right. That sparked me into doing it. And Um, From that moment on, that's when I decided that that's, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And so went back to high school that senior year, wrote in the senior in the newspaper. And then one one day as a senior for a project, I had to call up, you know, I had to do like an informative interview in the field. You may think about going in. So I actually called up. I think at that time it was called Sports Talk 980 Mm -hmm. and called up on the phone and got a chance to speak to Andy Polin, Andy (laughs) Polin. And so I'm um, like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this thing. I'm in high school. What do you think? And he says, well, the first thing you got to do, son, is when you're interviewing someone, ask who you're speaking to. Because I didn't. I just said, hey, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? He's like, you don't even know who you're talking to. You got to act. And so I'm like, OK, 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 got it. And so I wrote down, OK, Andy Polar. And he talked about just getting experience and things like mm-hmm. that. And that's what I did. Interestingly enough, I was able to get internships and jobs at radio stations and local television stations at D.C. without having a degree. And so I actually switched my degree to, to biblical studies. And that's what my degree is in, but I work in media. Wow. Um, oh, my operation. gosh. So then you work from station to station, this and yeah. that. And that's kind of like, you know, who I am uh, now. That's what kind of formed and shaped uh, uh, what I do. And where
1: did you go to college?
4: Uh, so I went to college at the University of Maryland, University oh, okay. of gotcha. mm. uh, Yeah and also completed Calvary uh, Christian College. Got the biblical studies degree.
1: And Bible studies, that's so amazing.
4: Yeah, it's it's interesting. People, you know, wonder what you study, what you get. It's like, nope, not journalism, not communication. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, because by the time I was halfway through school, because I had to work my way through college. Like I didn't have any scholarships. My parents didn't have money to send me. So every single class or credit that I took, I had to pay for out of my own money. And so by the time I was halfway through school, And decided to switch my major. And for me, the biblical studies was religious, but also historical. So a lot of history as well. So that's kind of what that whole, whole thing was. So yeah, I switched it. I had to switch it up. Wow.
0: That's so cool. And that story is just so inspiring. You have this one person that you don't expect, but because of his experiences, he didn't want to see you go through that as well. So he was able to give you a direction and hard work and dedication. You can achieve anything. And that's, that's really incredible.
4: You know, and if I could add one thing to that, like I said, I had other influences Mm -hmm. in my life and some of the ones who you think would have put me on the path to go. Were some of the ones who said, I don't when I said this is what I think I want to do, you know, go into media, w- literally said, I don't know if you have what it takes to make it. While sure. well, you sure it's super competitive? Maybe you should just apply at the post office. And these are the guys who you would think would give you sound advice. And so I don't know what it was inside of me that said, no, I'm going to follow this former drug dealer. Gang-o <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People who live in the suburbs with these big houses who are trying to help me out. I'm going to follow this guy. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad I did.
0: Well, something clearly clicked with you, and you just said, you know what? I'm going to run with this and see where it takes me and look at you
4: now. Yeah, now I'm on the Loyal Little Spot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so now take us through the
1: whole Tony thing. When did you start reading his columns? When did you start getting into him?
4: Oh, man. Mr. Tony, man, let me tell you, like I said, I'm a loyal little, was a loyal little before I even started working the show. So I would listen to Mr. Tony on the radio on, I guess it was Sports Talk 980. Before they were on 570, I think it was 5, I can't remember exactly what the whole catchphrase or whatever Mm -hmm. was for 570. but It was 570, then moved to 980. And while I I was such a loyal little, uh, I was working my way through College, and I was a manager in a records department at a law firm. It was Banner and Whitkoff and Howie and Simon, but at this time, I guess it was Banner and Whitkoff. And so I'm in the records department managing that, and on my little computer there in my office, every day, 10 a.m., I think it was the time that the show aired. I've got Mr. Tony on and I'm doing my work and I'm listening to the show and I'm laughing and stuff like that. And at the same time, I'm applying to different radio stations uh, because I just had an internship at a television station, but I, w- I want to get in this thing. want to get paid. So I applied to a, a company now known as Hubbard, which is the uh, company that uh, I guess owns WTOP, WFED. And this is where I met Kevin and all these other people. So mm-hmm. I applied to the station and to my surprise, I get a call back and they're like, Hey, we don't have anything open at like WTOP or anything, but we're going to start this Washington Post radio thing in collaboration with the Washington Post, and we're looking for, to hire people. And so I said, yep, I'm in. And so I was working overnights. I, I was hired as the overnight guy. I'm working from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m., uh, which is fine with me. I mean, I'm in my early 20s. Yeah. Um, I'm working in my field. I'm good to go. Everything is great at <laughs> that. Um, there were rumors that Mr. Tony may not be back at 980. And there were rumors that, well, they've got this Washington Post radio thing going on now, so maybe he'll go over there because of the Washington Post and the radio thing. And so I put that biblical studies degree to use and started praying and prayed that Mr. Tony would come. <laughs> to, the, to, to well, Anyway, so I'm hoping he comes, hoping he comes, and then we get word, yeah, Mr. Tony's coming to Washington Post radio. And I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. But his show wasn't going to be on the same time that I was going to be working there because I'm you know 9 p.m to, yeah. to 6 a.m mm-hmm. so I devised in my mind since we are a new station I'm going to write up how if we switch the hours of the production team how it could help the station better so I write this whole proposal <laughs> and what do you know what the GM bought it like the only reason I wrote this was so that I could be the one who would be there right. during Mr. Tony's show and he bought it. I mean, I wrote like the way that the shifts work now. They don't work in conjunction with the shows and blah, blah blah blah. We should do a shift from eight to four instead of nine to six. Well, eight to four, four to midnight, midnight to eight, and blah blah blah. And by the way, I suggest that I should be there from eight to from eight to four. And he bought it. He wow. bought it. And so the hour shift. And then once that happened, literally maybe three or four weeks, everything is done and signed with Mr. Tony. I meet Nigel. And he's like, hey, I'm going to need some help getting the music into the system. Can you show me the commercial logs, all this other kind of stuff? And so I do a lot of the the behind-the-scenes work, but I'm not working the show, right? Right. And so we're talking, we're getting all this stuff together, and then, bam, Mr. Tony's there. I I get a chance to meet him, Um, but I'm not really affiliated with the show. just doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work, making sure it's good to go. So you would say that Nigel
1: owes everything to you because you taught him everything he knows. Is that basically what you're saying? (laughs) I mean...
4: (laughs) I'll say that, but the truth is, I owe him. I owe him a debt of gratitude. I'm sure, yeah, yeah, of course. And then one day, out of the blue, Nigel is either stuck at an airport, he's hungover, drunk in a ditch somewhere, or he's in jail. I don't remember which one it is because each happened frequently during that time, so I don't remember. Right. But anyway, something happens, and he calls and like, "Hey, you've got to do the show." And I'm like, you know, I'm ready for this. I've done this. It's all good. But still, it's Mr. Tony, right? And so we do a show. The show goes on flawless. And I think at the end of it, Jeannie McManus says, huh, so Nigel doesn't do magic. And we all just kind of laugh. <laughs> and right. so, oh, so someone else can do this. And and that was my first experience. And I just helped those guys out a ton. And and what actually happened, well, it was one time where like I did, I would do a lot of pre-show prep, like making sure the commercial logs were good, mm-hmm. the music was loaded, everything was fine. And there was one day where I had like a dentist appointment or something, and I couldn't do that. So someone was filling in for me. And so <laughs> all hell broke loose. And the next day, Mr. Tony came, uh, came in and was like, Claude, I mean, listen, no one else knew what to do. He's like, if five. Everybody else and play Claude pay Claude more money. And ever since then, I was in. I was in the fam. And yeah, that was my start with the show.
3: That's amazing.
1: Well, we're gonna get a lot more into that in a second. Uh, you can stick around, right?
3: Mm -hmm, All mm -hmm. right, all right.
1: We're gonna we're gonna let's take a quick break and we'll come back with Meet the Littles
0: Littles Swaying in the summer breeze,
1: showing off their expertise
0: as as they they walked
3: by.
1: by what up little summer of littles 3.1 as previously announced covid permitting the summer of littles 3.1 will be held on saturday august 7th details will follow but there are already confirmed venues in
0: Cincinnati, ohio
1: columbus ohio
0: denver colorado
1: frankfurt michigan
0: Indianapolis, Indiana.
1: Lancaster, Pennsylvania.
0: Laytonsville, Maryland.
1: Melbourne, Australia.
0: Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
1: New York, New York.
0: Orlando, Florida.
1: And Wethersfield, Connecticut.
0: This brings us to 13 venues. Think 13 is unlucky? Host a venue in your locale.
1: Get more information by emailing your interest to summeroflittles2 at gmail.com. Now remember, that's the number two, summeroflittles2 at gmail.com, or reaching out on Twitter at littlessummer2. Again, that's the number two, it's at littlessummer2. Now, I don't like that 13th thing, Roxy. So Chuck, what up? You gotta get one in Springfield, Missouri. What's up Springfield, right? Chuck, (laughs) this is all on you, Chuck. I hear Sully's even gonna come out for it. Gotta host a big bash out in Springfield, Mo.
0: Speaking of, how is there not a Boston yet?
1: Right, Sully, what what up? (laughs) Yeah, can we, hello, Boston, people, come on, people. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We need one in every city. Summer of Littles, 3.1. All right.
0: Say goodbye, Roxy. Goodbye, Roxy.
1: Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And this is amazing. Claude Jennings is sticking around. So this is going (laughs) to... We haven't (laughs) lost him yet. And you brought up that really great story about how you got the green light. You just got the call, as they say. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of reminds me. It's kind of like a sub on a Broadway gig, like as I'm a drummer, conductor, Mm -hmm. and you just... You might get that call one day, and you just have to be ready. I mean, that's yes. a great life lesson for all you littles out there that are younger or even older. You know, when you're, you got to be ready and you prep yourself, and because you never know when that call is going to come, and it could be Mr. Tony, <laughs> as, it, <laughs> as it happened to I, you.
4: I mean, yeah, well, you know, you might have heard Mr. Tony refer to Coach John Thompson. You know, God rest his soul. Mm. Uh, Georgetown, great. A coach. And I, on the radio one day, I mean, again, this is while I'm working in a law firm, just trying to get ready to do what I've got to do and, and trying to blaze my own trails. I heard a piece of advice on the radio that he said he t- tells to a lot of players. He said, listen, you don't know when opportunity is going to knock, but when opportunity knocks, you better open the door and let op- opportunity in. And you only do that when you're prepared, you know, and yeah. you only do that when you're ready. And you've got to prepare because opportunity will knock. And you've got to be ready to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So now, continue on if you don't mind. I mean, so that's how
1: it started. And today you're doing all these wonderful things. You're producing chatter on books and stuff like that. What else are you doing? I mean, obviously you have the show with Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: A few shameless plugs. Few yeah. Um, so Please. you know, right now what I'm doing, I mentioned before a few of the networks that I work for. You know, as far as the Washington Football Team Radio Network, uh, WGTS, uh, Hubbard Broadcast. Uh, but I've started my own company, HopeLine Media, as well. I work. Kevin and I have a, a show. He talked about it on the show that he was on uh, with the Loyal Little's podcast, Federal Football. Rep- report because it's on federal news network. And so he said, Hey, why don't we call it the federal football report? And I said, listen, dude, I'm not getting paid. So call it whatever you want to call it. I don't care. When I, there's no money on yeah, it right, right, right now. So I, I'm on that with Kevin federal football report. I've got a golf podcast called golf DMV uh, DMV is for DC, Maryland, and Virginia. If you're not around this area. So indeed, if you're from DC, there's suburbs in Virginia and Maryland that are close to DC. And so we call this whole area, the DMV. So you live where I live now in silver spring, Maryland, but you're from D.C. You just say I'm from D.C. So the DMV is D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Mm-hmm. It's Golf oh. DMV where we talk about golf uh, in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, and the website golfDMV.com. Just a shameless plug there for the <laughs> royal littles. It's, see, I I do those two shows. Like you said, I produce Chatter on Books. And several other shows uh, through my network, from politics to sports and all that jazz, and still connected with the TK family. You know, when I left that radio network, the Washington Post Radio, and, and TK left as well, he went back to uh, 980, but then after a while, he started to go independent and just do podcasts. And then, uh, if you remember, he was doing the podcast from an undisclosed location. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that the, <laughs> so that's, that's the undisclosed location? Was. And so I got a chance to go up there and see how they're doing some stuff just in case. Nigel, you know, needed a vacation or was passed out drunk in a gutter somewhere. (laughs) I could do the show. Um, And then we had Chatter, the restaurant. And then once that happened with all the other shows, uh, they brought me in to kind of help out with that stuff. And again, that's Nigel. That's my guy. That's him calling me up. Hey, hey, we're going to do this thing once you on the team. And so again, forever, you know, yeah. grateful for him for just seeing something in me to want, want me to stick around. And a lot of that had to do with Mr. Tony being cool with me. So again, shout out to Mr. Tony for wanting me around and, and, and thinking I'm a, I'm a good guy to keep on the team. And so I did that. And then obviously, uh, you know, uh, Michael's inheritance was wasted in Chatter. And so that closed. <laughs> and now, uh, but they still do the independent stuff, you know, and so I'm yeah. still affiliated with them anytime Nigel needs, needs something or Tori Clark and David Aldridge with Chatter on Books, which is always fun uh, yeah. to, to be on with those guys. So that's some of the stuff that I'm doing now. You know, I, I, life is good and, and, and everything's great with like the flexibility and schedule and, and still be affiliated with those guys to be a fan of the show that you sometimes come on and help with. It's great great
1: that must be amazing and i just hope i get to meet nigel someday because it's i just would love to pick his brain and i i don't want to bore the littles i would love to pick your brain too about producing and things like that because it's all new to me and it's been mm-hmm. so much fun and it's just I talk about this all the time when i'm editing the podcast it's that's the artistic side and it's um uh, a lot of work. Well, but... picking,
4: picking Mark's brain would be a longer project than picking mine. Mine, mine <laughs> may be wide, but it's definitely not deep. It's it's, it's, it's deep. So... Is there anything you wanna else about your background or anything? Yeah, you know what? Do you do you guys mind if I flip the script a little bit and ask you guys some questions? Oh.
0: Oh.
4: <laughs> because I'm a loyal little, and to be honest with you, I was super excited when I found out that there was a, a loyal little's podcast. What made you guys want to start a show based on the loyal little's family?
0: Well. Chuck has had this idea for at least five or six years, and it took a pandemic for me to look at him and say, you've been talking about this forever. Just do it already. Just jump in, you know?
1: It was just, I I got so tired of being in all these facebook groups with all these people and hearing all these names and hearing these people getting their emails read every other freaking day on the on the <laughs> podcast and i'm like i would love to, just based on the emails how they write them and then of course the jingle writers being mm-hmm. a musician myself i was like it blew my mind you know it really did it just the, the turnaround time now i know that's different now but it just blew my mind the talent these little's had and just smart and funny as the saying goes I just wanted to meet them,
4: you know, and what's interesting too, is like, we talk about the littles, you know, it's it's bigger than just like a fan club. I mean, you hear it on the show all the time, how it's like a family, you know, you guys get emails and stuff all the time and I totally get it. If you're not ready for this question, you know, Mm -hmm. but what was a moment even on this show that really just showcased wow? you know, the loyal littles, it, it, it really is bigger than just some fan club. It really is a family.
0: Every single interview we've done has been such an eye-opening, wonderful experience, and
4: you should
1: explain. Roxy's not a little.
0: I have, I have no clue. I, I've, I've learned, I've learned over the years so. of knowing Chuck. That's why I'm called a tiny. Yeah, I put we call up with we call him. her a tiny. Um, I put up with him and his fandom, but I have absolutely 100 learned that this group is special. I mean,
1: just from Rocco's warriors and things like that, all these to the see all these donations the coming kindness,
0: in, the welcoming feeling that Ooh. each little has given.
1: And I mean, we just did a, a loyal littles podcast bracket challenge mm-hmm. and we had littles writing it and say, Hey, I'm going to send you my product to give away as prizes, things like that. Cause we wow. don't have a prize closet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't have that stuff yet. You know, we have nothing, we don't have sponsors or anything like that. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, the, the generosity is what is amazing. And Claire, to help us out, get the thing. Sorry, Claire. I had to say it.
4: <laughs> oh, uh, wait. She, you mean cool Aunt Claire? Cool Aunt, Aunt, yeah, Aunt they, Claire. Oh, I she, lo- yeah, I got a chance to meet Claire at one of the live Chatter on Books events. Uh-huh. Yeah, she is cool. She is cool Aunt Claire.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, she was the first person I thought of to be She was our first guest. And she was more than happy to help out. And she, she knew all these people. She knew the littles and obviously better than I did. And Because uh, I've never been down there. I never got to chatter, unfortunately, you know, being up what? here in New York. Because our schedule is just so crazy, you know, doing eight shows a week, and or we did. Good and, Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I think for Roxy, that's what really solidified for her. I knew already. I mean, just right. from yeah, a... Yeah, he just, was
0: sort of sitting by like, just you wait. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. in her defense,
1: mm-hmm. she does occasionally watch an episode of PTI, yeah. I'd say more than occasional more than actually. Occasional. So she knew Tony, she knows, you know, Will Bond. She knows mm-hmm. a lot, but she doesn't know a lot of the little's jokes, you know, and oh, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. but she's it's obviously
4: a family. My wife mm. is the same way. A lot of times I'm I'm listening and she's just like, "Why do you think this is so funny?" Like <laughs> all he does is complain about <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, "Well, because it's it's Mr. Tony." And then she's like, is he really spending fifteen minutes talking about the, the, the trash bin in the back yard or this you know Honda Civic outside of his house? Like, why do you care about this? It's like, well, because it's it's Mr. Tony. We right. just care. Like, I right. can't explain it. We care. I know.
1: It's hilarious. <laughs> it's fantastic.
4: But right. I do have to ask. I do have to ask you though, uh, and I'll be done with my interview portion. No, of,
1: of the, keep on, this, the littles are <laughs> oh, loving okay. this. By the way, yeah. we've been called out on this many, many times. times. They're really upset nice. that we yeah. haven't done a meet the host episode yet.
4: Nice. Well, I'm glad I'm able to uh, to bring that because I mean, yeah. as you know, when I'm filling in for Nigel, I don't do a lot of talking on the show. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm trying to be laser focused and make sure yeah. that the show is delivered in the way that the littles are used to receiving it. And I don't want to, I don't want to try to use it as a platform for me to do anything or say anything. I want to respect the integrity of the show. So I just sit in and do what I got to do and and make sure that that it, that it airs. But for you guys, there's so many different personalities on the show. I mean, we've got Tory Clark, Jeannie McManus, you know, Luke Russert, who is probably my my favorite because he's such a wild card. Yeah. Anything I don't know what's coming out of Luke's mouth from moment to moment. Uh, then there's Aliza, there's uh, there's Aldridge. Just go go down the list of some of your favorite, some of your. I mean, we all love everybody. I mean, I don't know if there's. Yeah, anybody, that's you know, a hard one. Some, yeah, yeah. Some but just some of your all favorite right. looks
1: Okay, so for me, I mean, I love Gary. I love G. I love all the gang, but Leon Harris for me, mm-hmm. it's the voice. It's mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. it's butter, you know. <laughs>
4: they say, <laughs> I so just you may not know if I can interrupt you real quick about yeah. Leon. His voice is so smooth, but the way the brother walks, I mean, when he <laughs> walks into the room, he's got this swag, he's got this lean, oh my- he's kind of leaning with it, rocking with it. It's like, yo, Leon is cool. You know what I mean? Like That's- Leon is legit. The way he sounds is the, like the legit level of his coolness.
1: Okay. You're That's so, so cool. making my day because to hear that, because, you know, I, I only know the voice. I I don't even see him on his newscast and stuff like that because I'm I, not from down there, you know? And uh, just, I don't know, something about him. Every time he's just, they're all, I'd like to say they're all intelligent. Obviously, some are funny and some are different than other. But, you know, I'd say Gary and Leon are two of my favorites, probably.
4: Gary, just legit funny. I mean, he just gets the whole feel of the show. And, yeah. and, and yeah. his delivery. And Gary, you know, super smart dude. And uh, And Gary and I... I um, had the opportunity to talk a couple times about different projects, and he gave me a few leads. So you know, yeah, shout out to Gary for a couple of leads nice. that um for some stuff for my company uh, uh, with that. Um, I love Luke Russert. You know, what I mean, wild mm-hmm. card. Um, <laughs> you no, know, uh, legit yeah. funny. Salissa <laughs> has some of the best. I mean, do you guys remember a few episodes? It must have been a couple months back where Tony asked him a question. And he says, well, yeah, Mr. Tony, but before I start, I just want to let everyone know that I just dropped my kids off at yeah. a very expensive <laughs> private <proper> school <laughs> in D.C. Like, I Chasey. mean, so what is the <laughs> right. Well, you might not know that. Maybe you do. I mean, he gets torn up
1: about that on Twitter all the time <laughs> from the Littles. So that's... And that's... people don't understand. He loves it. Oh, he yeah. loves
4: it. Like, yeah. he's baiting you in. Like, he wants you <laughs> this is his, Thing. And so he loves talking about the Tesla and the expensive vacations <laughs> and how much money he has and no one, you know, and and, and growing up rich like he likes doing that because he wants you to hate it. He's but he's funny. He's yeah. so yeah. funny.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I, I never, never understood the whole eat it's Liz and stuff like that. I mean, because I, I do. I enjoy all of them. They just mm-hmm. make me laugh. Roxy, do you really know any? You've kind of heard. Well, some... I was
0: going to say, I'm going to pull a Wilbon and uh. say, they all bring something great to the table.
4: So she's pushing <laughs> so on the question. She's I'm not going to pick anybody. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll, so I'll give you two Wilbon stories. Mm. So one Wilbon story is it was one of those times, those first times I was filling in for Nigel on the show. And with Wilbon, back in the radio days, you could play, you know, music from artists because there wasn't the whole copyright stuff with podcasts or anything. So we could play the music. And so with Wilbon, we would normally play Marvin Gaye for the most part right mm-hmm. and so there was one day where Wilbon was coming in and I did a wild card I played a, a Marvin Gaye song that wasn't in Mr. Tony's normal rotation it was I think it was Marvin Gaye it was after the Dan and Mr. Tony was like whoa I don't know this one this is all in it. oh I don't know this one who's this I'm like it's Marvin Gaye and then he goes to Wilbon Wilbon you know this one to the the album the release date Name of the song, uh, Will yeah. Bond had it down pat. He was like, of course I know this one. It's wow. Marvin Gaye. 1970s, Arizona, yeah. I <laughs> I such and such album." I, don't know, I, don't know. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and by the way, when Mr. Tony used to do that on the radio, Nigel or myself, we didn't prep him for the songs. He knew what yeah. they were and knew those lyrics. Wow. I mean, and so that was amazing to see and experience. The other Will Bond story and... I'm ashamed to it to this day, so I'm sitting there and chatter doing a show and wrapping up, and I look over my shoulder in the restaurant portion, and there's Will Bond and Lil Bond having lunch. And I'm thinking to myself, "You've talked to him on the phone. Go down there and just say, "Hey to Will Bond." I didn't do it, guys. What? I didn't do it. Why? I was scared. I was, uh, I was scared. I was like, I don't want to interrupt him because he's having lunch. I don't want to like, "Yeah,." Hey, nah. So talked a few times. And I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he would have been fine saying hello, taking a picture, tapping up. Like I know he would have been fine doing it. It's not a him thing. It was a me thing. I froze. I froze. I I didn't say anything. I understand that. I had a few
0: moments like that in my life. Yeah. No, I get that.
1: I almost did that. I finally, I had a couple of Tony moments like that, and then I finally just bit the bullet and, full out stocked him. And then like, (laughs) (laughs) well, he announced a PTI where he was going to be in New York. So I was like, all right, I'm going, you know, and I'm like, I'm there. So I just waited outside. He was going to see a show. It's like, all right, I'm going to wait outside with my three books. You know, and he loved it. And it was, everything I hoped it would be, you know.
4: I'm telling you, like, working with Mr. Tony has been some of the most enjoyable moments of yeah. my career mm-hmm. and and quite honestly of my life, to be honest with you. I mean, just a great guy to be around. And, you know, when I, when I fill in for Mark, it's not like I'm doing it for free. I mean, I get paid. Yeah. But every time I do something, he always comes in with whether it's a hat or a sleeve of golf balls or something to give me. And oh, it's like, wow. I'm still, I'm getting paid to do this, but he still just but he appreciates gives me something it. Yeah. yeah, from the closet just to say, Hey, I appreciate your work this week or, you know, for the next few days. And, wow. and yes, yeah, it's, it's it's always meant a lot to me. So.
1: Yeah, I just, and I've said this a bazillion times. I just, I hope he knows. And I think he does now. Back in the day, I wasn't sure, but I hope he knows what he's created. I really do, because like this whole world of Littles would not exist, and this podcast probably wouldn't exist without him.
4: No, you're right. And, you're, and, and let me say this. As someone who's in the room from time to time, he definitely gets it. He gets mm-hmm. it, and he's he's in awe of it. And there are some, several times where he just sits there, and this is all fair. He says, the stretch of this show and the connective tissue is amazing. He's like, I'm touched by this. I'm touched. Yeah. And so he gets it. Believe me, he gets it. And so all the loyal little's out there, Mr. Tony feels it. He gets it. Uh, you know, he loves it. He may not take you out to a restaurant, though. but yeah. he, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's like, I also think it's, Funny, I don't even think he knows about this
1: podcast, but I mean, how many people could say they have a podcast about their fans? You know, it's like.
4: (laughs) And and I'm with you guys. Every time I'm in that room, I have a moment. Every time I'm in the room where I sit there and I say, what in the world is this lower middle class at best, black dude in Northeast DC, grown up lower middle class poor, doing in this room? Mm -hmm. I'm looking at David Aldridge and Tori Clark and Jeannie and Tony and Leon and, you know, Silliza. I sit there and we're doing the show. And from time to time, I'm just like, the first thought that comes to my mind is, what in the world am I doing here? The second <laughs> thought is, not mess up. Totally yeah, right. Show. Do not mess up this show. <laughs>
1: See, it's so weird. I would be like that. Too. And I've worked with many, quote, names, you know, I've, I've mm-hmm. drummed for many, you know, and you, you hang out with them backstage, you don't think anything of it. And it's just like, I'm just like, yeah, they're real people too. They put on their pants one leg at a time, just like we do. But then Tony approaches me and I freeze. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, you know, it's so weird. It's so weird.
0: I would love to ask, would you rather win an Olympic medal, an Academy Award, or the Nobel Peace Prize?
4: Mm, I'm sorry, what was the second option?
0: The Academy Award.
4: Oh, Academy Award, because with that, I've obviously made a lot of money doing whatever I did to get that award. Mm. I don't need the Olympics money, no. Nobel Peace Prize, it's great as a legacy thing, but I'm into revenue, guys. And And so... that is kind of revenue with it, as far as parallel, revenue parallel. Sure. So if you win Academy Award, you would assume that you made a lot of money doing something in the arts. Uh, and, it, and it was good. It was, it, mm-hmm. it, it was good. And um, it could lead prize. to more
0: money in the future. Exactly. You can ask so, for more. You can yeah, request true. more things.
4: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like as it was once said, I'm back for more cash.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, so what's a special hidden talent that you have
4: that no one else knows about? I don't know if no one knows about this, but I am a low-key musician. I'm a low-key musician. I play the piano. I play the drums. I play the bass guitar. I play the trumpet. And I'm decent. I can follow a little bit on a trombone. And so I play a a few different instruments. All right. I wouldn't call that low-key then. Hello. Now, so... Uh Have you ever thought about
1: writing a jingle or something like that for the show?
4: uh, So, (laughs) I don't know if I'm that good. If you write one, I can play it back, but I don't know if I can create my own. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Yeah,
1: I think that that might be good. (laughs) So, I mean, all right, let's, let's go off of that then, Mr. Musician. If you hosted Saturday Night Live, who would you like to introduce as your musical guest?
4: Oh... OK, so I will give you a dead and alive. OK, um, great. I'll give, you one, I'll give you one dead, two alive. I'm okay. sorry. To, to example, I'm sorry <laughs> for breaking in the game. So my one dead would be Marvin Gaye, mm. would be Marvin Gaye. Because I, I, I feel like especially towards the end of uh, towards the end of his, his catalog there, he spoke a lot to some of the things that we were going through in society. And I feel like, man, if Marvin Gaye had a voice now, like if he could if he could mm. speak now, what would he say? Yeah. And so I think Marvin Gaye would be the would, would be one that I would introduce. Alive would be uh, Anita Baker, because she's my favorite mm-hmm. artist, period. Anita Baker and Erica Baidu because she's my second favorite. Mm. <laughs> oh, nice.
0: If you could time travel, where would you go?
4: I don't mean to get sentimental, but oh, if I could do. time travel. I would go back to when my dad was alive. Oh, yeah. um, you know, like I said, he, he died when I was 12, but he was sick probably from the time he had leukemia. So he was sick oh. from the time that I was like maybe nine until he died when I was 12. Mm. And when you're a kid, you don't think that your time is limited. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think that you have forever mm-hmm. with the person. And if I had known when I was seven or eight or nine, 10, 11, that my time would be limited, I probably would try to remember more. I would try to experience more. I do have memories, but not a ton. And, and it's literally because I didn't, I, I feel like it's because I didn't think to remember. If right. that makes any sense. Absolutely. And so I would go back then, as long as I know now what I as long as I know then what I know now, that I wouldn't have that much time. I, I would go back and wouldn't want this time to be more. I would just want to make more of the time. Right. Sure. That's a good line. That's a great line. I just want to make more of the time. That's a really good line. You need line. to copyright that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's 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 what i would do that's what i
1: would
0: do. that's right. beautiful that's great
1: all right well let's mix it up then which of the seven dwarfs is most like you that's we have never done that question no, we've this been is holding on <laughs> special question well, just I, for
4: you what's interesting i don't remember all of them <laughs> i do remember sleepy right uh-huh, Grumpy. uh-huh. Grumpy. yep wasn't there a dopey yep. Dopey, yep was there a smiley uh
0: happy no, happy. happy happy happy,
4: happy, happy, happy. Um, mine's might so I'd be a mix. I'm sorry to always switch these things (laughs) up. I would be a between grumpy and and happy because I I feel like I'm good at showing a happy exterior when I'm really grumpy on the inside. And so some of the things that I say and do don't match all the time. (laughs) It it leaves people really like I'm sending mixed messages because I am sending mixed messages like saying, oh, I would love to come to your birthday dinner. And then when I go, I'm mad because I'm there and I drive <laughs> home. So I would be a mixture between happy and grumpy. I love that. That is
1: great.
0: <laughs> I think a lot so, of people when I could I get, relate.
4: When I, get sleepy, I get grumpy. Like my wife knows when I need a nap. She's like, you need to take a nap because I get, <laughs> I, get, I, get I, I get grumpy when I'm sleepy. And so we got this term we call slumpy. Uh, Slump. That's good. <laughs> That's cute.
1: Yeah. Right. You might need to start a little book here or something because that's two already that we're like... There you go, <laughs> So, uh, and just going back to the TK show and our beloved Uncle Tony, like what's your favorite flavor of ice cream that you need oh, eat I... over the sink, of course?
4: Oh, easily yeah. vanilla with nothing else. Nothing yeah. else. No, I don't want anything on my ice cream. I just want vanilla. <laughs> no, no sprinkles, no gummy bears. You know, that, that, that the Geico insurance yeah. commercial with the guy from... You know, tag team. I don't want chocolate, vanilla, cookie dough. You know, all yeah. the, I don't want any of that stuff. I don't want no scoop. There it is. I just want vanilla <laughs> ice cream with nothing on it. That's what I'm eating.
0: Now, in a cup or a cone or a bowl, I guess.
4: Oh, it's got to it's be in a bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no cone. No okay. cone. It just gets locked in the cone. Because then, then when you have the cone, there's ice cream that goes into, like, the cone itself. Mm-hmm. So you got to eat that. But you got to eat the cone to get it. I didn't mm-hmm. sign up for a cone. I signed up for <laughs> ice cream. So, Ice cream is what I want. I don't want to eat. It. And stuff. So, back when people could go places, we would go to Stone Cold. My wife loves that place, and my son. Uh-huh. So they get all this. oh, get the sprinkles, gummy bears. We want this. We want yeah, the yeah. caramel. And then, what do you want? I'm like, uh, just a cup of vanilla ice cream. And, <laughs> and they look at like, you stop.
1: like you have ten heads.
4: That's the thing. And everyone in line is looking at me, and they're like, "Are you?" Sh-? And, and so then they go down a list of things. So no sprinkles, no, no caramel, <laughs> no chocolate, no this. I'm like, stop asking me. <laughs> Nothing. Like, the, no this. Like stop looking at me in disbelief and just put vanilla ice cream in a cup and can or we just,
1: can we like, get into a little grind my gears situation sure. here don't you feel like there should be an express line for that why should That's, i have to wait in line for all you people that want a hundred mixings in your freak uh, i just want a freaking <laughs> yes
4: i feel i'm the, not like these other circus clown <laughs> i just want vanilla ice cream put me in the express line so i don't have to, and and then you talk about grind my gears it's the people who sit there and they just haven't decided yet.
1: But yet they've been waiting in line for a half hour. right? Right.
4: Yes. And it happens at fast food restaurants. Uh You get to a fast food restaurant and someone's like, oh, what what, uh, should I get? It's like, who goes to Wendy's or Popeye's and not know what's on the menu? (laughs) Right? Like driving here, you had a craving for something, obviously. Right. And so how do you not decide as you're on your way driving there or walking in, what i'm going to get it's not like it's a huge menu already decide what you want order and get out the The way the biggest one for me
1: is because i go there all the time it's starbucks i drives me insane though waiting in line and all these people that want these
0: fancy schmancy fancy (laughs)
1: schmancy drinks with frappuccino with whipped cream double this double that or or now they have all, all these food items and stuff like I just I'm like I just want a freaking cup of coffee Can I just get yeah. a cup of coffee
0: And I want it to be hot <laughs> And they
1: really need what? an express line for that They, they oh, really do You
4: know you want to stab them with salad forks But yeah, right, the right. line
1: with... uh, cocktail forks, right. <laughs> cocktail forks. Well Claude We've taken up way too much of your time uh, Let's um, plug everything you got Where can we find you What should we be listening to All that stuff.
4: You know, on Twitter, you can go to uh, at Claude J radio. So that's C L A U D E J radio. That's on Twitter. On Facebook, it's Claude Jennings uh, golf is where you can find the golf podcast federal football report is where you can find that. And yeah, thank you guys so much for the time. And, and again, I'm, you know, I love what you guys are doing here with the loyal littles podcast. I love the, littles family I, like i said I'm, I'm thankful for just being able to be in the room with mr tony but to, but to be able to share that and talk about it with the uh, loyal littles podcast and anytime you guys want me back on the show i don't know what i offer but <laughs>
1: if you are you kidding we, you we, we haven't me laughed this much in a very long time <laughs> so thank this has you so been much wonderful. Uh, and i'm looking very forward i am embarrassed to say i did not know about the golf podcast so i'm Gonna look that oh, up. Oh
4: yeah, Oh, golf lookin'. DMV. Yeah, at yeah, golfdmv.com is the website. And maybe I should send you guys some golf DMV merch, and you can give it away to people too. Just, oh, that would be um, great. Yeah. And yeah, man. Thank you so much for the invite on the podcast. This has been a pleasure. Right. Um, to be honest with you, I was low key nervous, but it. <laughs> 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 well, that's you that's the biggest you compliment we
1: can little... have. I know, right? Uh, but we always do this. We pay homage to the big show, as we call it.
4: We'll get you out of here on this.
0: Over or under.
4: Oh, you got to go over. <laughs> under, under doesn't make any sense. It's extra work. Uh, you know, over is right there, right in front of you, right in your face. You go over. All right. I love it. We love it. Thank you, Claude. It's been amazing. We really appreciate the time. Uh, well, well, blessings to you guys and continued success and love to all the loyal little's and I hope you guys feel the appreciation from the loyal littles for this act of love that you do for the uh, show. So bless you. Thank you. That's what makes it. What? Well, that's why we do it. Yep. So,
1: all right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network.
2: Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And I mean, another great interview from what we're calling the Dynamic Duo. It's now complete. Thank you so much for coming on. And we did want to get in a little bit now to end the show. You know, not much Oscar talk at all on the big show yesterday. So we kind of wanted to get into it a little bit. Now, it definitely snuck up on me. And I know we use that term on the big show a lot, but this one definitely snuck up on me. I completely forgot about it.
2: I didn't even mention
1: it on Saturday's podcast, and I just completely forgot about it. And probably for me, because I had a show, so I couldn't even watch it live, and that's always the bummer about what I do, is we always have shows on Sunday nights, and so I miss all those good things. I miss the Tonys, I miss the Oscars, I miss the Super Bowl nine out of ten times, and things like that. So, um, Joe, we're calling you our kind of Oscar expert here, because we'll go into what you were telling us off air.
2: Yeah, it's sort of, I mean, I've loved movies uh, my entire life, and when I moved to New York and I had, like, every movie and every theater at my disposal, I decided to commit to watch every Oscar-nominated film in every category every year. And I did it for maybe five or six years in a row, which is a lot of movies, but uh, it's just something that I love to do, so I don't think I've missed an Oscars in quite some time.
1: So let's let's dive into this real quick. I mean, I, I mean, I'll just throw it out there. I hated it. I'm mixed even on thankful they had it because I also feel like if they didn't have it, people might actually understand the impact that movies have and miss it more. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So what did you guys think? Did you like the format? Did you like how it went down?
0: Well, that's interesting that you said that. I didn't even think of that possibility if they didn't if they didn't have it at all. Um, I think that could have been a really powerful thing. However, I do appreciate when they're, you know, when people are trying to show that we are, we can overcome this, we are above this, let's work together, but let's continue to try to have these events in life and life doesn't stop. So I think that was probably what they were going for, but I actually thought it was kind of cool to have such an intimate setting. I I don't know. I thought there was something really nice about it. It was different
2: Joe, what did you think? yeah it had a it had a globes vibe. I mean I agree Roxy in principle that it mm. is good to show that life can have some semblance of normalcy to it. so I, I I sort of cut them a lot of slack for trying to do something different at a time that's incredibly unique in human history. but when I put on like my critical viewing hat, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't really like the show. They've been messing around with some, like, Oscar staples. And I'm sort of, maybe I'm an old head Mm -hmm. now, but I I miss showing the clips. When someone's nominated for something, I like to see that solid, like, 30-second clip of them performing. Instead, it gets a little bit, it made me feel awkward when the presenters, like Laura Dern, waxes rhapsodic about each person's performance for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, it makes me cringe a little bit to be like, we're just actors talking about how great actors are, instead yeah. of it being...
0: Letting it show.
2: Yeah, and it, for, it being for the audience. It felt a little bit like you were looking inside this weird clubhouse full of like millionaires who mm-hmm. were patting yeah, each yeah. other on the back where I kind of wanted to enjoy it as a spectator. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And let me tell you, the one that really grinded my gears, and so you just said it. They go on for
1: five minutes doing this, and then let's not even get into the whole Glenn Close trying to move her butt segment. And uh, She's a national now,
2: treasure. She can move her butt however she wants. I can. Want, yeah. <laughs>
1: However, then you're going to insult me and I think other viewers by, have you ever seen those movies that they replay on TNT and TBS and then at the very end, because it's, I think, legally, they're legally obligated, they have to play the credits and they go in this little box off to the side and they go like at fast forward pace. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That's how I felt the in-memory was. And that really pissed me off.
0: Yeah, it was a little fast. Because that's one of my
1: favorite segments because a lot of times... Now, I know there's a lot of people they had to get through. And to me, though, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Take your time. Give them the respect they deserved. And most times when you see their pictures and the name flash on the thing, the first thing you do is go, oh, my gosh, I forgot, you know, because some of these people died last April, May, and you just forgot that they passed away. And that, to me, then immediately takes me to a place of. Oh, I remember when they did this and did this. Well, I couldn't do that the other night because they're on the next two people past them. Well, yeah. we have
2: to also address the elephant in the room, right? This is the thing that everyone's talking about, so we don't need to drive it into the ground. But the whole reordering of the last yeah. awards, setting it up, everyone's expectation is Chadwick Boseman is going to win the Best Actor Oscar posthumously for an amazing performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm -hmm. And then they chose to put that award last. And that was like, I think, a Steven Soderbergh decision. And then it goes to Anthony Hopkins, who is not only not there, but not even on a video call anywhere to be found. He's Mm -hmm. just at his home with his cats. It just was so strange. Just how you're saying, like, the disrespect of the In Memoriam stuff. I found that sort of swerve to be almost more disrespectful to Chadwick Boseman. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and how about disrespectful to the best picture? Because that's the way it always is. and yeah. I think that we're in a time where things can change and should change and things like that. but in my opinion, again, just my opinion, I don't think something should change. I mean, that's the way it's always been. I I don't understand. I mean, what about the best actress? Why weren't why aren't we featuring best actress then? Maybe they'll do that next year. Maybe they'll save that one for last.
0: Yeah, I I, yeah. why why was that a change that they felt they wanted and needed to make? I guess well, is the question.
1: I think it's because of what's going on in the world. And I think we all thought we knew who was going to win. And yeah. It just didn't happen. So I'm confused because I feel like if you knew, look, I don't know how all these award shows go, but we know somebody knows who wins, right? I mean, they keep it a secret, but I would think the producers know. I mean, are we, are we really going to believe that the person who put the name in the envelope on the card is the only person that knows who won that award? Right. I, I don't know nope. how that works, but I, I'd like to think that they could have, I don't know. First of all, that's why I just think like, let's not change it at all. Let's just keep it the way it was. I mean, if you want to do best actor right before the best picture award, fine. And that would have obviously helped the broadcast as well in the other night's scenario. But, right. All right. Well, guys, let's wrap this up real quick. Now, we also mentioned in the first segment that is today is tell a story day. So mm. Roxy, real quick, because we're almost out of time. We both have quick Oscar stories. That. Yeah. So go ahead real quick.
0: Well, we both got to hold an actual Oscar one night and of all places at Broadway Bowling. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Alex Dinalaris, who was the co-screenwriter for Birdman, which won the Oscar in 2014. He was actually he also wrote the book for On Your Feet on Broadway. And so he was on the On Your Feet bowling team. He It was in September. School, I guess, had just started. He It was the end of the night. He pulls out an Oscar out of his bag. And we're like, what really? is this? Well,
1: first of all, I'd like to say, in his defense, if I won an Oscar, I would carry it around everywhere I went, too. Oh, but for anyway.
0: sure. Oh, for <laughs> sure. But his reasoning for having it that night was he had just had his first day of teaching that day. And he always brought the Oscar in on the first day to show the kids look at me, this is who I am. And I came from, you know, nothing and I won an Oscar. So if you have a dream, like go after it. And I thought that was such a great message. And also really cool that he was just carrying around his Oscar, no big deal. And that he let me hold it and take a picture with it.
1: We'll put that up on Twitter because that's a good picture of you. Yeah, it was really cool. It's really heavy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mine real quick is, fortunate enough, one of the guys, not in my show anymore, but was, this is going back a year or so ago, I'm looking right before the show starts and I'm looking in the audience and all of a sudden there's J.K. Simmons sitting there. And I was like, oh my God, J.K. Simmons came to see our show. I was like, that's so weird. <laughs> Turns out, long story short, he's dear friends with one of the cast members that we used to have in the show. So he actually came to see the show twice, which surprised me. But my biggest regret is that I actually had a pair of drumsticks. Why? It's like the guy, I carry my Oscar. I carry drumsticks. That's just what I do. And I didn't have the, I did go up to him, but I did not bring the drumsticks and say, can you sign the drumsticks? Uh, that would have been really cool to have, Yeah. but I did go up to him and just say, thank you for your Oscar speech. And littles, if his Oscar speech, just one of the first times that literally just stopped me and I did what he said and it had referred to your mom and dad, or just, he's like, call your dad, call your mom. And I literally did that. I hit pause on the telecast after his speech, and I called my dad. All right, guys, we should get out of here. It's still, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us to send in their lookalikes. Don't forget. Yes,
0: please do. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we also have our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. So check us out.
1: And don't forget, if you listen to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please, please, please go over there and give us a rate and a review. We really appreciate those. And we'd obviously like to thank Law Jennings for coming on, being our Meet the Littles guest today, and Kim Wilson and Jason Bullet for our bumpers this week. And of course, a big thank you, Joe, for coming back. It's so good to hear you again.
2: Hey, my pleasure. Anytime.
1: Have a great week. And remember, as always, if you're out shopping online tonight. Use the code, people!
4: I'm fully clothed from my uh, head to toe.
0: Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Krakow. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan.
3: Oh, yeah.